gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. John chapter 15, verse 17. I will read that. These things, are you there? John 15, verse 17. He said, these things I command you that you love one another. That's our test. Amen? These things I command you that you love one another. Everyone is either seeking love or trying to give love. Amen? And it's kind of an endless quest for us human human beings that is driven by our natural insatiable demand um, for acceptance as human beings. Um, so, love, it's so much something that we human beings, we always look for or we try to give. Um, and I can also almost definitely say that all forms of and presentations of dysfunction can be traced to a love problem. Um, and it's probably difficult for us to accept, but more often than not, when there's a dysfunction in a family, most of the time, what they need to work upon is the situation of love in that family. In Romans 13 verse 10, it says clearly that uh, love is the fulfilling of all the law. Sorry, love is the fulfilling of all the law. Um, so I'll mention a few things about love, and then I will zero in. And this afternoon, what is laid on my heart for us to do is that we're going to do a little bit of prophesying. Amen. Uh, that God wants to speak to our lives. And we shall also have our lips anointed, and we will speak into situations in Jesus' name. But I believe God gave me this, gave us this topic to share this afternoon, because this is the place that we are, and this is the place the Lord wants us to remain, a place where love will flow freely. Uh, one thing I've discovered about love is that it is near impossible or very difficult to define or describe, but when you see it, you will know it. You agree with me? Love can be very difficult. Paul tried in Acts chapter 13, and he was trying to come from various angles. Love is the love is that. By the end of it, he didn't even know. He just complained, and I said, look, there are three things. The greatest of this is love. Go and figure the rest out. So it's it's not, um, I think somewhere in the book of Songs of Solomon, he said love is stronger than death. You know, love, it's, it's almost enigmatic. It is difficult to explain, very difficult. But when you see it, you will know. For instance, when you see the love of a mother towards a child, you will know. Uh, I've been in situations like that before, especially when, you know, this child probably, uh, humanly speaking, there's nothing to live for. I mean, I've seen parents for nothing. They just hold on to a child, very big challenge, but their love is unchanging. Um, they can't describe it. They don't know where it came from themselves, but that's what it is. You also see such love when a friend is committed to another friend. Um, and you know people's friend. It's not um, in the way they say it, but usually in what they do. I've, I've been in company of people before, and I know someone who was trying to speak evil of another one, and I know this person loves him. The way the countenance changed, the way this person responded, told me without any doubt there's a love relationship between them. So, it might be difficult for us to define, but when you see it, we know. And, you know, sometimes, when I say it's difficult to define, you know, look at, for instance, the shortest verse in the Bible. What was the shortest verse in the Bible? Jesus wept. Uh, That's uh, John chapter 11, verse 35. Put that on the screen for us. 
you know. John chapter 11, verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, um, you know, Jesus did not deliver a long homily. Let the rest of the church see it. Why are you still here? Jesus wept. Is that all? Verse 36, what does it say? It says, verse 36, next verse. Okay, maybe something is frozen there. He said, then the Jews said, what? What did they see? There's nothing to see. They just saw he wasn't carrying crocodile ties. And they knew this was a rabbi, strong man, who is never giving it to cheap emotion. And they just said, what could move an old man like this one, a powerful figure, doing miracles, break down and cry? I mean, they did not know why he was crying, but we didn't even know, but their conclusion was right. Then the Jews said, see what? How he loved him. So more often than not, we don't wait. What about a daughter or a son that decided to care for a parent? Not because it's going to leave an inheritance for you. You just decided to say, okay, dad, mom, you know, I don't know how long you was going to live, but it's going to inconvenience me, but daily I will care for you. That's love. That's love. And, you know, when we get to heaven, those are the kind of things God will bring out to compare to what we have done. I am a solid believer in that, that many at times people that will miss it, because Jesus Christ said that anyway, it's not just me making it up. He said that the day is coming when Israel will stand before God. And they will be judged based on nothing but when, if what was done in you were to be done in Sodom and Gomorrah, what was Sodom and Gomorrah? They will have repented. And he was using that. He said, look, life is about comparison. Not wrong comparison, but as much as given unto you. So that's the first thing I want us to take note of. Please, this love we're going to talk about this afternoon is not something we can easily understand or explain away, but it's something that is there. And we must flow in. Number two, love is a magnet to the soft-hearted and a dragnet to the hard-hearted. I hope you remember that one. Love is a magnet to the soft-hearted and a dragnet to the hard-hearted. A magnet in the sense that if you are the benefactor or the beneficiary and you have a soft heart, naturally you will attract people. And if you are a soft-hearted person, and love is shown unto you as the beneficiary. Am I right? The beneficiary is the one that receives. Or you don't know yourself. I'm just learning it. So, so the beneficiary. So if you are the beneficiary and you are soft-hearted, when you see love, what will you do? You will flow towards it naturally, isn't it? But love is so powerful, which is going to be my next point, that even if you are hard-hearted, love will drag you. That's why it's a dragnet. Dragnet is the net that they put in the soft bottom of the sea. You know, magnet, we jump. We move on the phone accord. Nobody needs to put it. But when it's in the dragnet, you'll be dragged. Love is that powerful. And that's what I'm saying to somebody here today. You've been struggling. You've been trying to get over it and get somebody to come to your side. You keep loving. You know what? If that person is hard at it, love will drag the person. Because that's the power of love. And it does work. Of course, love is the power, most powerful weapon or most powerful force on earth. You know what all the rules and regulations that God gave in the Garden of Eden could not do? What Moses could not do with is 1,065 commandments. There are 1,065 of them all put together. In ten, it's more than 10 commandments. Forget about 10. It's more than 10. Every minute, what he could not do with it, what the prophets could not do, what Isaiah could not do, what Jeremiah could not do, what all of them that came, long things they could not do. One man came and did it. How did he do it? Love. 
He did it in John chapter 3, verse 17. For God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. That's it. Through him the world might be saved. So love is such a powerful force. I pray where you are experiencing hate, the force of love will begin to work in your life. And that force of love, we walk in our communities and we drag men, those that are hard-hearted. We magnetize those that are soft-hearted. And the kingdom of God shall be populated in Jesus' name. Love is powerful. Hallelujah. Love is the one thing that can also weaken you most. Because when you love, you are vulnerable. You know, there's so more paradoxes in it. You are vulnerable. And that's why most people don't want to love the way we're talking about we are very vulnerable. If you, to be very specific, just yesterday, it's one of the reports I will have shared back at home when I, when I came. I was out of town. I went for a meeting. And something very dramatic happened there. The Lord just brought it back to my mind now. And, uh, you know, the, the, the minister, the leader was telling us towards the end, he said, look, there are people in here, you've had offenses before, people have offended you and you're holding it to heart, you need to do something about it, and all the rest of that. And he asked us to pray for a long time, you know, fantastic meeting, very great blessing to me. So as I was pacing up and then I'm praying, then there was a young man that just came from behind me, grabbed me, and, you know, because I was just in front, so just dragged me. I was moving because we were praying, so I was dragged me right to behind the stage. I was well, I just thought he was going to say hello. So dragged me behind the stage, and then he said, excuse me. I said, yes. He said, you know what? A few years back, it's going to four or five years now, that um, I offended him. Ah. I said, What? He said, you know, the way I spoke to him, is not, nobody will know. The person doesn't live in Aberdeen, doesn't live in Scotland, so it's not all the pastors here, so don't worry yourself. And I won't give you more clues. So he dragged me there. It's not even a pastor. He dragged me there, and I said, what? He said, I said, tell me the details. He said, no, no. He said, no, 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 tell me a little bit of the details. He said, well, uh, the way I spoke to him, that it wasn't in a position to make that decision. Ah, when he said it, and my, something just touched my heart, and I, I grew very emotional. And I said, no, I didn't mean to offend you. I didn't know. And then I'm sure people will be wondering, we all get so tight. And practically both were crying. And the boy prayed from the bottom of his heart. He said, thank you for your graciousness and whatever. And I bless him more than ever before. I knew that from that moment, every other prayer that I prayed, every must have been opened you know, there's something about love that makes you very vulnerable. If you are going to consider the fact, if I approach him, because I was kind of in a position, you look at the hierarchy, maybe a little bit senior to him or whatever, possibly in age and all the rest of the things that matter to us human beings, he probably would have not taken that step. He would have said, well, what if he's spawned? And I could have. He could have turned into an argument. And I beg you, please, if anybody comes to you and say, please, you offended me, don't argue. Because nothing will be gained. And that's a lifelong lesson for me. Nothing will be gained. And so he took that step, very vulnerable step. He could have blown on his face, but God blessed him. God blessed me as well. Love can make you very vulnerable. People in homes, where there's domestic violence or whatever, you still keep loving, it makes you very vulnerable. People in situations in which you're at work, you're trying to witness for Jesus Christ, and they are showing hatred for love, and you keep to be loving, you think, am I a doormat? In actual fact, the Bible tells us in the book of 1 John chapter 3, that we're actually doormats. Actually, says it there. In another way, 
He said we should lay down our lives. If you lay down your life, what is that word? Those that don't know the meaning of doormat, people use it you know, figuratively that, uh, you know, should everybody step over me. After all, we step over Jesus. That's why he's seated on high now. And I think we need to talk about these deep things so that without us saying, Lord, bless me, blessings will flow normally. Because that is the nature of God. Jesus Christ laid down his life. He was cheated. He was, you know, misunderstood. The Bible said he never defended himself for once. He kept doing what he was doing. Hallelujah. Let me give you one more. Okay, maybe two more. Love is a feeling, but more than a feeling. Amen? Love is what? Love is a feeling. Oh. It's a feeling. You, if you've never loved before, something will be, you have had butterflies before. Mm. Love is a feeling. Yeah, it is a feeling. Yeah, it's a feeling. I mean, it's not all kind of love that is clean and proper, but love is a feeling. Amen? In fact, you can't love without feeling. Yes, am I right? Yeah, you can't love without feeling, but you can feel without loving. The same thing, there's no way you can care. You can care without loving, but you cannot love without the same thing we're giving. So, in essence, what we are simply saying is that it's more than the act. There's something about it. And also, the act is involved in loving. Let us, somebody says, I think it's one of our sisters here, I think her signature in her email or whatever is, love is a verb. I think that's Kenan. Is she here? Uh, hi, I have Tim you know, love is a verb. And true, it is a verb. It's a dream word. There's a dream to love, but also there's a feeling to love. Amen? And so, may the Lord above all things soften our hearts. You didn't hear what I said. May the Lord soften our hearts. Every genuine love comes from deep within the heart. But if it is genuine, it will move you to act. And when you act, there will be a result to it in Jesus' name. Okay, are you getting one or two things? All right, we'll ratchet things up a little bit as we go on. Amen. All right? So don't worry yourself. Sometimes love is unrequited. And I, I was going to ask you a question. Let me ask. I noted that down. I knew I might forget. Now, the idea state for love is that you give love and you receive love. Do you agree with me? But sometimes you give love, you don't receive love. If you have to take one, which one is better? That is, if either way, you're not going to get the opposite. Is it to give or to receive? I know the house will be divided. I always like to give it. Okay. How many says give? Uh, okay. Thank you. How many says receive? Ah. You are the minority. What happened? How many do not know? <laughs> because since there are so many that don't know. Eh? They've been spiritual, I know. So the question is, and do you know what? I, had, I find it difficult to answer because both actually have discussion in the scripture. He said, this is love that he first loved us. That is, this is love that we first receive before we can give. And also, Apostle says, it is more blessed to... So if you have the answer, see me on Wednesday. <laughs> But the ideal situation, may I say to you lovingly, is that when you give love, you should be able to receive it. But I believe in the place of, because if you keep giving love and you're not receiving, you may run out. It's a resource. Uh, may the Lord create an environment. That's why, we call, that's why I didn't call it you go and love. What did I call it? A community. That even when you run dry, you will have feeling from other people around you. Hallelujah. 
All right, so that's one or two things by means of introduction, and then I will. Uh, finally, in that section, love is made all the more complex by the ease or difficulty of its expression based on the intended recipient. Is that too long a sentence? I say it again. Love is made complex by the ease or difficulty of its expression based on the intended recipient. Did anybody get that statement? Okay. So, love becomes very difficult because... Eh? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if it is just like machine, you know, you couple two things together, both are not, okay. It's not, it doesn't fit like that. You know, you have this right amount of love. You're expecting that this right amount of situation should solve it in this person. But because of the human factor, even though you are giving the love, the person is not ready to receive. Oh, there are three main categories we have more share with me. Number one category of people that are under the sun that you will need to grapple with with all these major things we are talking about love, are those that are called the unloved. Unloved. And there are many around us. And you think, if I ask you the unloved, live here and go and start loving them, you say, it's easy. It's not. The problem with the unloved is that we all assume that they are unloved because something is wrong with them. So, that is why, you see, people even sometimes blame Others that are going through domestic abuse. They say, probably you brought it on yourself. I've heard this said before. They are unloved. And you just think that those are the ones. That's what, that was what Jesus grappled with throughout his ministry. Even the disciples, they came up with that one. He said, who sinned that this man was born blind? Was it his father, his mother, or him? What's the problem? This man is in trouble. Why do you want to find that? It's not that you can remove it anyway. First thing, the man was to blame. You are in trouble because you are a trouble. People are not in trouble because they are troublemakers. And the problem is that when I'm in my own trouble, it's not because I'm in trouble, it's because there are troublemakers working against me. But when it's somebody else, first thing we first think about, mm, the way I'm looking at you, why is it only you? First time, you had that problem. Second time, even some of us, we are afraid, I know some are afraid to come back and tell me, Pastor, this is the fifth or tenth or whatever X number of interviews I've gone for, and it's not come through. They start coming back to give me reports. You know why? Pastor starts saying, oh, I pray for two people testify last week. They got their job. What is the matter with you? No, it's got nothing to do with that. Are you getting what I'm saying? This person needs to be loved. This person is an, in an, is an unloved person, and only the thing this person will understand is love, not more judgment. Not more criticism, not more thoughts in our heart. Children, they do that a lot among themselves as bullies in school. There's children that generally within themselves, and I've spoken to many of them, they really want to help the bully. Especially like Christian children that grew among us. But something within them, they find that number one, they are afraid that they may also become just a bully or bullying. Or number two, they just figure it in their mind that, ah, come on, maybe you too, girl. You're not, maybe you too, boy. It's a major thing that when... We see the unloved. Please, let's remember. The unloved are all over our streets. Amen. The system, just give them sufficient to keep them quiet. People struggling with drugs, people struggling with alcohol. And believe you me, I'll come to that category later on. Because you can justify why we don't want to help. But believe you me, they are unloved and what they need is give them what they need. Hallelujah. And you will come across them. Amen. Number two category are the unlovables that you will come across. Humanly speaking, unlovables. Unlovable because they are 
involved, which are the group I've mentioned already, in self-destructive habits. You keep asking, we want to help you. How can I help you when all that I'm doing for you, you are using to destroy yourself more? The unlovable is those that will not receive the love. You're giving them the love, and we had a lot of that when I was very much actively involved. And I still think it should still be happening there in Potter's hand that we call it now. You know? You just see guys, you, you express love unto them, they tell you straight to your face that love is not going to work for them. The problem is that love is so alien to them. And it has to be a lot of time before you break the shell that is around them. There are husbands that are complaining, I've tried so much to love you, darling, you are difficult, or vice versa. What happens is that that person is not unlivable, he's only wearing a shield that must be cracked. Once you crack it, there's the jewel inside. And it takes the desperate and the knowledge to be able to crack that shell and touch the inner softness that is there. It's not a topic for one day. We've got quite a lot to cover, uh, especially as we must really pray today. But please, take note of that. The final one is the easy one, the easy to love. Now, the problem with the easy to love is this. They have their problem. The problem is that when God is going to judge you and I, it will be based on the fact, we won't be judged because we are Christians. You know what I mean by judge? Judge by our works. I hope you are aware of the two types of judgment. Okay, there are seven judgments in the Bible, but the final two will be the white throne judgment where everybody will. Have you done it in a sort of the spirit class, Sunday school? Have you done judgment? Years ago. They need to bring it back. They need to bring it back. Okay, so that's what I'm picking my words. So we're not going to stand before God and I say, um, you've done 50 bad things. You've now done 30 good things. Let's weigh them. Heaven is not like that. You enter heaven simply because you have put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only condition. Any other thing outside that, you can never do enough good that will outweigh your bad. You can never. That's not the way of heaven. Other religions preach that in Christianity. The way of Christ is that we enter heaven based purely on what Christ has done for us. But that's not that judgment, the judgment of our works. That is everything that you have done, you will be rewarded for you. And that's the one the apostle said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He said they will enter heaven putting it um, by the skin of the... I see we knew where I was going, Solomon. You know, that's... I don't know what the Bible said again, but, but that's always what's registered in my head. You know, you enter by the skin of that. They will just barely, but they will still enter heaven. Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ? Be assured. Be assured. And you continue to walk in that path, you will enter heaven. And don't walk away from him. Can I hear a minute until that one? And our brother was speaking this morning. I think it was the king, okay? I was speaking very powerfully. He was leading us prayer. When he was saying that, even when you stumble, get up. Amen. There are many that are sidelined because they are foolish enough to know that God is waiting for them to bounce up again. What the devil wants above all things to keep you out of the kingdom. You will not be kept out in Jesus' name. And so, this category of people that are easy to love one, they are always around us. I plead with you in the name of Jesus, you will be judged most. And I use the word judge advisedly now, based on how you respond unto them. How you love your wife, how you love your husband, how you love your children, how you love your brethren in the church, how you love your brothers and sisters. That is the basis of what will be the strongest area. Because if you do not love your brother and you say you love God, what did he say? He said you are a liar. He said your brother you see. So he didn't say if you don't love your neighbor. Neighbor it comes later. But the main judgment is do you love your brother? Do you love the person around you? 
And I pray the Lord will help us. I've said so many things about love. You didn't ask me what is love. Amen? What is love? Very, very quickly, I mentioned one or two things. Maybe three, four. You can't exhaust it. I just mentioned two. I call them indicators of love. You know them. If you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you will see quite a few things there, and that will be helpful. I will try and move quickly through there. Number one, patience is an indicator of love. Amen? What did I call the first indicator of love? What did I call the first indicator of love, church? Patience. Amen. Patience. If I were to define patience, I would call it, patience simply means as long as it takes. There's no that is as long as it takes. People have been asking, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, they ask him that question. How many times should I forgive? He just said, keep forgiving. Because 70 times 7 simply means as long as it takes. Patience is all about waiting there for this person until the person comes around. Patience is about, it never, can you imagine God running out of patience with us? Ah, I could hear your groan already. Can you just imagine? I said, I've had enough. I'm not going to be patient with you anymore. Even Jesus in Matthew chapter 17, he was patient. When I think verse 17 or 19, he was patient with them. He said, for how long? The way he puts it, for how long will I bear with you? Simply say, oh, you are almost exasperating me. But I can't but keep loving you. I can't but keep being patient with you. I plead with you in the name of Jesus. Be patient with that man. Okay. I plead with you, be patient with that woman. You, you got the cue, man. You are trying to answer me. Hmm? It could be hard, but be patient. Be patient. Don't, don't, let, don't let it be that you know, I've had enough, I need to move on. You cannot move on. You can't. You can't move on. Patience is what? As... Even if it takes a whole life, you must make sure that you stay patient. Stay patient. Somebody says, and I believe that the most dicey hour in a week for some Christians are those few hours before you go to church for couples. Very dicey. In actual fact, Monday to Sunday morning, everything is okay. But that final hour before we go to church, that's the time that it asks us to be there for 10.30. How, how much is it? When, when are I supposed to be there? 9.30. It's now 9.25. And all the certification is lost. You know? You, you, just, you just lose it and they're pacing up and down. So I ask you the question. Since I've told you love is patient, and you're supposed to be there for 9.30, and 9.25, and you have been patient since 9 o'clock, <laughs> and it's now 9.25, so we make it real. What do I do? Eh? <laughs> Some of the things we've been doing, we drive off. Uh, we wait, or we 
impatiently stay patient. <laughs> you pant up and down, and the more we round, the more the delay is happening. Because all the adornment that's supposed to be done, the hands get shaky and annoyed. And it has to be done over and so I might just as well do what? Calm down and be patient. And the point is that, the point I wrote in my book is that even at the point of you being labeled as bad, because at the end of the day, it was not you that is causing the delay. And you're probably working in a community like ours who like to do things properly, and then they're mentioning, just look, whether the leader talks or does not talk does not matter, but you know that deep within, you know that you are working in late again. And it's no fault of yours. So, it's all due to this other person, and it's all due to the fact that they taught us to be patient. <laughs> and that does not excuse you from coming late next week. <laughs> also, patience requires that when you are talking to that child, requires that when you are explaining it, all you fathers and mothers I know in your time, nobody had to explain it to you twice. You are very clever. Immediately you explain, you got it. But I plead with you. The children, they are a lot cleverer. Than... <laughs> In actual fact, parents, it was only adults that I had this afternoon. Okay, I hope so. Okay. Parents from our would-be parents, I plead with you, never ever go back to your days anymore. I've started cutting it now. It doesn't change anything. does not make anything better. Whether in your time, you know, before you wake up, you wake up at 4 a.m. to go to the brook and you use one leg to carry a bucket, put another one on your head, put a sack on your back. In your time, you know, the heater is just not to get to the shower. You've not had your bath. Look, that is where they are. Just stay patient. When the homework is not getting done, the more you shout, the less likely he or she will understand it. And anyway, it's a test of your ability. If you have to explain things about five times, how you can do it from different angles. I used to have a physics teacher. Have I told you about my physics teacher before? I used to have a physics teacher. It, is, uh, it was teaching us something called R squared. What is that again? One of those formulae, anyway. Uh, it's not MC squared. I don't think Einstein formula reached us by then. But anyway. But I was this thing was teaching us physics. We write on the browser. So he said, sir, please explain it. The man will write it exactly the same way I say it the same way. And we do that about 10 times. Until recently I heard that one of the children had, uh, had a teacher like that. Again. Just remind I said, ah, this is a bad teacher. A good teacher should be able to explain it from another angle. That's strength of understanding. Your strength of understanding is that if I, I explain it this way, I say, okay, if you're not, I say, let's go this way. Let's go this way. And they can even keep you sharper if you are patient enough not to just rail down on people and allow God. It is a test of our love. We won't call it we don't love, but the Bible says this. It says in First Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient. Love is patient. Love is patient. Love will wait. Love will wait until the change comes and the change will come. In the name of Jesus. And please, let's be patient with one another, not just home. I'm talking about father, mother. It's not everything's not home. It's a community here. It's a home here. Be patient with me. 
Oh, I know there's an issue between availability and ability. Of course, ability needs to be, but everybody has got something good in them. In actual fact, if you have to be constantly patient with a person doing something, maybe that person is not called to do that thing. I repeat myself. If, if somebody's effort is tasking your patient so much and you are not making it, maybe that person should be rerouted and redirected to do something more profitable in their lives. There are children that will never be good in maths. I believe so in all my heart. You will try very hard if they manage to make, how do they rate now? What is E fail? Is it E fail or F fail? What is in this current calling in Scotland? D is fail. But anyway, whatever minimum grade required to pass, they will get it. But go to the arts, they will be shining there. Go to literature, they will be shining there. So if a child is tasking you, if a brother is tasking, if a sister is tasking you in a particular area, maybe they are not called on to that. You've exercised all patience. After all, after a time, Jesus stopped talking to Judas. And I'm not saying the person is a Judas. I'm only saying that that particular aspect of them, they are not supposed to, they are not called into it. Hallelujah. Number one, let's be patient. Amen? And the Lord will help us as we remain patient in Jesus' name. Another indicator of love is, I call them words. Words. Nothing shows love more than the words we speak. Do you agree with me? And those words are... Ah, you are a very good audience. What are the words? Nothing shows a person up or tells us more, whether you love or not, more than the words they speak. And those words are not, I love you. They are not, I love you. There are so many I love you that are going nowhere. For every boy or girl on the street corner on the weekend, up to no good, the word that the most copious word from their mother were, but you know it's not love. So it's not I love you. Number one is the amount of word you speak to the person that you love should be gauged to the extent that you are not the one always speaking. I, I'm not making it complex. Put another way. Where there is true love, you will listen. Many people don't listen. We don't listen to each other. We don't hear what the person is saying. True love. Words. Not just talking about words you speak. Okay, clearly words. You must learn to listen. We must learn to listen. And listen not for the purpose of answering. Listening for the purpose of understanding. And it takes a lot of skill to listen to understand. The reason is that as you open your statement, until you finish, I'm crafting out my answer. If you have the boldness, please, when you are talking to a friend, when you are talking to a brother, a sister, or whoever, whatever relationship, test them. After they've gone on a long tirade, say, what was the last thing I said? And I'm very sure many of them say, what, 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 what? Because they are not listening. Ask. He said, okay, I've said all that. I've explained myself clearly now. What did I say? Tell me. More probably than not, they'll be telling you their own answer. Listening is very essential. 
I got there. I think I shared this with a smaller group. Just to tell you the importance of listening, and that is even between us and God is very essential. I will read something to you. What a person wrote, and just to tell you that this issue of, and the rest, you know, I, I, I will probably just skip. I'll give you one more example. Let, let me read this for you. I purposely brought this so that I can quote it verbatim about the connection between listening and love. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, listen carefully. The person says, I owe immense and immeasurable gratitude to my late parents. And he mentioned their names. He said, they were both loving disciplinarians who, as a teacher and as a nurse, respectfully gave meaning to their professions in the public and in the home. He then listen, this is where I'm going. He said, my mother, who lived another 36 years after the passing of my father, and until last year, at the age of 90 plus, was someone I loved to obey until she passed on, and who later in her life time loved to obey me. That would be in quotes. I love to obey her, and later on she... Do you know that's the relationship between us and God? When you love to obey God, what will happen? God will obey you. That you can then command heavens. Because it's not every voice that heavens hear the same. We all can pray. Not all of us have a voice in heaven. A person with a voice in heaven is like the man Elijah, 1 Samuel chapter 17. He said, Be as long, he said, um, let there be no rain for the next year before God, before whom I said. Put it there on the screen for me quickly. I want to quote it very well. First, first King, sorry, First King 17, First King 17, verse 1. I, I, I just loved it. He kept keeping my mind. First King 17, verse 1. I need to be patient. I need to. Pray, be patient, Pastor. <laughs> it's not that hard. Okay, are you there now? Oh, that's and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead uh-huh, said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel is before whom there shall not be due nor this year's except at and exactly like that it he didn't pray. That's a man with a voice. And based on the fact that he loved to hear God or listen to God, and God said, whatever you say, I will listen as well. And so, when someone was expressing it in the way the person expressed it, and I can tell you, truly, between, in that family setup, there was a definite love relationship between the son and the, and, and the mother. Because the family that I was very close to, and I knew very clearly that actually, just as he said, that's exactly the way he said it as it was. It, it was. And if you see that to me, that can you know your family very well, is my elder brother. And it's my mother that wrote that. And believe you me, that was exactly his was. He was so pliant. He was so, and he rose very high in life. He got, did very well for himself. He was so pliant. And towards the end of the life, if anybody tell mom anything, the final person that will cast it and change it will be him. He just need to say it once. Why? Listening to one another conveys love. Will you please listen to him? Please listen to her. It might not look reasonable. It might not look as sophisticated as your own. Just listen. In actual, those that don't listen, they are proud. 
I'm changing my ways now. I'm now learning all over again to listen. And you will say, you listening, pastor? Yeah, I've been listening. But it's a higher level of listening. Listen to the extent that before you finish saying what you are saying, I can hear your heart. You know, you can hear the words and not hear the heart. There are many people that are only listening for the word. I want to hear more than the words. I want to hear the heart. And that is the reason, the second part of words, before I need to close very quickly, our time is really gone now. The second part of words that we need to talk about has to do with the words we speak to people. Please, uh, bluster and bravado and harsh talking don't change anything. I'm, 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 I'm sharing with you the process I'm going through. Sharing with the process I'm going through. I've discovered in life that you can make nobody to do anything in this world unless they want to do it. In actual fact, somebody goes as far, you can teach nobody anything. He said the only thing you can do is that you can point them so that they can discover it themselves. Anybody that will change in this world, it must come from within. You can lead a horse to the brook, you can never force to drink. And so it's very important that we are very careful with the words we speak. Don't let's don't let's be words of threat. It does not convey a heart of love. And as this very funny story. It's, it's one of these, you know, folk, folk, folk laws or whatever, or, you know, stories or whatever to, for learning. They said there was a time that the wind and the sun, they were fighting for superiority. Have you heard that story before? Okay, if you're not, I will share it with you. Anybody heard it before? He said the sun and the moon, they were fighting for superiority. The sun said, I'm bigger. The wind says, I'm bigger. And so, they've been going on. Then, immediately, the wind said, let's set the test. He said, that's not going. He said, I will prove unto you that I am stronger than you. I will make him to take off his coat. So the wind blew, blew from all angles. The man clenched his coat tight. Blew, blew, blew. The man crouched and bent down. Ah. So after the wind tried and tried and couldn't do anything, the sun hid behind the cloud at that time. So after it, the sun then smiled. He said, have you finished wind? He said, I have. So the sun came out. So it shone nicely. Then with gentle heat, then the man said, ha, ha, after all this problem, <laughs> took off the coat. Simple story, but how much in life, all we need to do to get a person to change is to shine light on them. Not the wind. The wind is the words. They are the words. But, 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 but the more I thought, the more. When it comes to the point in which somebody starts calling your bluff, it's not good. I, because I know my limitation. I've wielded reasonable, limited power in the secular, by the grace of God, in a brotherly, Christian manner, being given responsibility in the church. One thing I'm afraid most, I'm afraid of most, and of course, in the first, a family man, got some degree of authority and, and, and influence and responsibility. One thing I fear most is for my bluff to be called. And people can call your bluff to the extent of death. People can call your bluff and say, do your worst. If I die, I die you will be disempowered. So why, why, why wait for that? Might just as well go the route of gentle persuasion. Gentle, and if the person refuses, you go away nice. The person is on his own. And so we're in a season in which, brethren, we need to be very careful. Very quickly, last two points quickly. Thought is the other one. Thought. Indicator of love is thought. Don't think evil of anyone. Amen. Don't think evil of any people. Even in a situation when you are waiting for I told you so, still think good. 
Do you know, with all the decisions made, and there's no time the nations of the world, especially the Western nations that many of us are involved with one another, are as divided as now. America is going through its own. And there are people, they wake up daily, just as they did the previous eight years. The only thing they are waiting for is for the other side to fail. Don't, don't allow it to come into you. Even though you, you might sense it will, just give the chance. God is still God. And me standing here, it's not for the other person, it's for me. I've told you, don't let anybody use your life to sharpen hatred. Just, just look, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna allow you to contaminate me. Even when you know this thing is heading for the rocks, just, just have it in your heart and say, Lord, if it's 1%, you are God. You can, you can use the most incompetent person or whatever. I beg you, don't allow. Number four. Number three is thought. Thought. Yeah, I mentioned thought, number three. Number four will be trust. And, you know, there's no, there's no love without trust. You agree with me? If there's no trust, forget it. It's to, love is predicated on only one word, trust. Because love is very vulnerable. And I, I, close, this, I close with this one before we, we just pray. I, I was talking to someone many years back. Um, so we said that before I close, don't forget, number one is patience, amen? Be patient. Number two, be the words we speak. Number three, our thoughts. And number four, trust. I was speaking to someone many years back, and this person was so much against the husband having a joint account with her, oh, sorry, vice versa, the wife having a joint account with him because he, he thought that, you know, you know the common reasons. And so he said he cannot trust. I said, you're a very stupid man. I think that was almost what I said. If you sleep on the same bed with this person, is your life, is your money worth more than your life? See, what stupid money are you talking about? You're already, you're already this person. <laughs> he cooks your food, does everything, and he now says some two pennies. What, what do you have? You're not a millionaire, I know you. You're not. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you have relationships with people, you can talk to them anyhow. We had a good laugh with you, I told him. I just rubbish. You know, he's the typical, very well to do, reasonable, you know, oil worker, you know. So you're not that rich. Trust, amen? Let your heart, because it's only God that can protect you, amen? And when you start locking things up, you start keeping this secret, you can't open your heart unto somebody, you are living in a prison. Living in a prison. If God, if they say, if God does not keep the house, the watchmen, they wait but in vain. They wait but in vain. Yes, don't do stupid things, but... Give room. Hallelujah. We will rise up and pray. Somewhere along the line, I mentioned clearly to us that above all things, getting to heaven depends on putting your trust in Jesus Christ. Amen? Please, always check whether your trust is in Christ. Amen? He is your only source. Hallelujah. He's the only one that can get us there, and he will get you there in Jesus' name. Please, put Ezekiel chapter 30. Let's rise up and pray. In the book of um, Revelation chapter 19, said the spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The spirit of Christ is the spirit of what? Prophecy. And we said, of all the things in love, words are very important. So we're going to speak a few words this afternoon and we speak them confidently, boldly, energetically, and I'm believing that God will use those words to transform situations and circumstances. Right. Are we there? 
We're going to Ezekiel chapter 37. Um, we're probably near around verse 9. Uh, it's the story of the dry bones we've, we've, we've had it before. But we'll pray with a few of those. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four wings, O breath, and breathe into this sleep that they may live. Amen. Before the previous verses, he mentioned that prophesy to the bones. He said, and the bones came together bone to bone. Isn't it? We will start, you will start by prophesying. And your prophecy will be that anything that is disjointed, forced in your own life, then we pray for our community. So we will pray in three phases. We pray for your life, we pray for your family, and that family will be your you know, biological family or, you know, blood relationship family and Christ family, amen, the church. And then we'll pray for our communities. Is somebody there with me? And so the first thing will be, we mention and prophesy is that everything that is disjointed, let bone come back to bone. Every area that things are not working the way they ought to work, this afternoon in the name that's above all names, come together, join together. To help you, and because a very important prayer, we will pray it as confessional prayer as we say. So I will speak it, you will repeat after me, and then you will walk in that liberty to pray as well. Is somebody on the same page with me? Hallelujah. So we say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy to the bones in my life that are disjointed that I have not come together yet. Right now, in the name of Jesus, let bones be joined to bones. Let everything that is disjointed in my life, let everything that is disjointed in my life, let them come together in the name of Jesus. Lift up your home voices and pray for yourself. You know where things ought to come together. Decree, declare it, everything that is disjointed in your life. Let them come together. Let them come together. In the name of the Lord Jesus, call upon him. He will make it happen. He will bring it all together. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Uh, We have to pray. You agree with me? We must pray. And I really want you to use all realm of existence to pray. Pray with your spirit. Pray with your mind. That is, pray with emotion. And pray physically. That is, speak the word clearly. So we will take this next one, still on bones. In verse 7, it says, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. We will now speak it to being. You have prophesied that bones will come together. And in the name of Jesus, you will hear that rattling. Amen. I say you will hear the rattling of the bones coming together. Amen. So you decree in the name of Jesus. As I prophesied, let there be a noise of the rattling of the bones uh, coming together 
in my life, in my family, in my city, that community. Everything disjointed, come together, come together, come together. Families that are broken, finances that are broken, spiritual life that are blighted by sin and fear and failure. Right now, begin to come together. We are the hour of prayer right now and prayer must be made with passion, with seriousness and surely from your spirit as well. Come together, come together and the rattling, the encouraging voice I will hear in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Why did you hear the rattling? Is to encourage him that something is happening. And so you yourself, you will need to hear rattlings. You will need to know that something is happening. He's wanting to pray and expect the final result. He's ready to pray and begin to see signs that something is happening. And you need to see because that's what keeps you praying. Elijah, the great man of God, when he prayed, he was looking for a sign. He could have waited for the rain to just fall. He said, just give me a sign. A patch of cloud is enough for me. You will see more than a patch of cloud. You will hear clear call rattling that things are changing. And that shall begin today in the name of Jesus. So you will say, Father, in the name of Jesus, every encouragement that I need, release to me right now. By the Holy Spirit, release it to God. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name. Let him give you a sign. Let him give you a sign. When Jesus was coming, he said, there shall be a sign given unto you. He said, the virgin shall give birth. And when the sign comes, we not miss your sign in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Verse 8, he says, Indeed, as I looked, the signals and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them over. He said, but there was no breath in them. He didn't only hear his all. May you see as well. May you see sign of progress. May the church of Jesus Christ see signs of progress. For the little ones we are seeing, we thank you, Father. But we want more signs of progress. Nobody gives birth to a child and expect that one day he will just grow up and be an engineer and walk in the street. He said, don't worry, just keep feeding me on bottle. One day, we just, it doesn't happen like that, you know. There must be progressive progression. There's anything like that. So you're going to say, in the name of Jesus, my eyes shall see signs of progression in every area of my life. Say that just about twice to yourself. Just say verbatim like that. And it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. You will definitely see signs of progression. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You will see signs of progression. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The first sign of progression some of you will see this week. Since one of the commonest things that is, you know, troubling and, and, and challenging us in times like this are the issues of employment and career and the rest of that. The first sign some of you will see this week, you've never been having interviews before. Don't worry. Don't worry. Job is coming. But this, but, but, but this week, you will have at least three interviews. 
And let me be very honest with you. The word that I had was actually five. You know, prophet, you hear a word, you can modify it. So I repent of that and I put out the word I had. If anyone will believe that with me, that shall be your portion as well. Yeah. You will see sign, sign that things are progressing. Because of our time, let's take one more prayer point before I pray for you. Verse 9. Um, it says, Also he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds. Somebody say four winds. Four winds. Oh, breath. And breathe on this slain that they may live. Breathe on this slain that they may live. Four winds means from everywhere. Breath means Holy Spirit. From all direction, Holy Spirit, we breathe upon that which is dead in our communities. We breathe upon that which is dead in your family. We breathe upon that which is dead in your life. And there shall be a rising up as well in the name of Jesus. But that will only happen when you prophesy. So you will say, I prophesy to the four winds, breath of God. Come into my situation. Come into my life. Come into my family. Come into our community. And let there be reviving in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voices right now. I know nothing shall remain dead in your life. They coming back to life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Breath of God. Come from all the four winds. The Holy Spirit divine. This is your year of ministration in our midst. And let there be life coming forth in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me. And breath came into them. Somebody said, breath came. And they lived and stood upon their feet. An exceedingly great army. An exceedingly great army. An exceedingly great army. That means every section, not just one section. Every situation, not just one situation. Beyond your thoughts, an exceedingly great army shall rise up, shall rise up, shall rise up. Rise up in your life, rise up in your home, rise up in our community, rise up in the church. Rise up! Let the army of God rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up. With the breath of God, rise up right now. Yes, Lord, rise up, rise up, rise up. No part will be untouched. There shall be no bone left untouched. All the dry bones shall come back to life. And Jesus shall be glorified. Call on him right now. Call on him right now. Prophesy, decree, speak it forth. Yes, Lord, in the name that's above all names. The dry bones of our communities, the dry bones in the church, every area where there have been failure and things are just not working, they shall come back to life and they shall be an army serving the Lord, fighting in his name, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You will pray this singular last prayer. And if you pray very well, using it, the Lord will use Matthew 6.33 to meet your need. 
But you must pray this one like you didn't pray others. Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. You will pray it like you didn't pray others. But it is connected, it's going to be a, a, um, a, a global visitation in every section of our lives. And the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. We will speak to Pharaohs in this community. We will speak to Pharaohs in Scotland. Another version says, let my people that they may worship me. The reason why folks must be saved is they may worship this Jehovah. And so you will speak to every realm of existence. Maybe in the second levels, demonic operations. Maybe on the terrestrial level, in the desert places under the earth, where they may be operating. You are covered by the blood of the Lamb. You have boldness and authority. And you will declare, let my people go. The Lord asked me to tell you. You will say it to the forces of darkness. So together we say in the name of Jesus. I want it to be very strong from our hearts. Say in the name of Jesus. I declare boldly. All Pharaoh spirit. In this community. In this nation. Hear the word of the Lord telling you, let my people go so that they may worship me, says Jehovah to you. Lift up your voice and declare with confidence. Declare with all authority. If we win at that level, we shall win at all levels. We declare every realm of existence. All you Pharaoh spirit. Holding our friends in bondage. The Lord who has called us to love your love. To love your lovable. By his spirit we declare this afternoon. We speak to every nooks and cranny of this city. Every nooks and cranny of this region. Every nooks and cranny of this nation. In the name of Jesus. Pharaoh spirit hear the word of the Lord. Let the people go that they may worship Jehovah. Let the people go from every form of bondage. This afternoon, let them go. Moses spoke it, but the greater than Moses is here. His name is Jesus. He dressed me. And by his spirit, I say to you, let the people go. Go out of addiction. Go out of abuse. Go out of lie. Go out of pride. Go out of unbelief. Let them go in the name of Jesus. The God that judge Pharaoh will judge you. And you will let them go. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. The Lord God whom you have honored in doing his own business, he will visit you and sort out your business. I pray that again for you. Because the Lord felt our hearts that truly and indeed we want to attend to his own business first. Seek he first the kingdom of God and his well-being. And all these things shall be added. One more time I decree and declare over you. This prayer we are praying this afternoon 
and we shall continue to pray. A memorial shall be raised for them in every day in the name of Jesus. And he who has promised that all these things shall be added shall add them to you in the name of Jesus. He can do it without us. He has chosen that he won't do it without us. But the excellency of glory will be his. And so this prayer this afternoon has opened the heavens. Open the heavens over our city. Open the heavens over this nation. And the wind of revival shall blow in the name of the Lord Jesus. I decree great army, exceedingly great army, rise up. I command in the name of Jesus, exceedingly great army, rise up. And let them come and join the community of love. The place where glory and the love of God is shining. And you that you are here today, you are not here by accident. There is an unction for shining that is resting upon this place. Everything that is shady, lackluster, dull, not beautiful, in any of our lives, they are submerged under the blood of the Lamb right now in the name of Jesus. None of you shall weep over your children. None of you shall weep over your children. I repeat again. Children born, children unborn, children even yet to be fertilized, you will not weep over them. Because you have honored the Lord, He is stretching His hand upon you, and lack and pain shall be far from all our tabernacles in the name of Jesus. I prophesy increase unto you. You shall not diminish. You shall increase in the name that's above all names. Quiet, just pray a song for me. The Lord said there must be prophecy this afternoon. We might go in one or two minutes over. I think it should be worth it. Hallelujah. If you can pray in the spirit, just pray in the spirit. And you will have loved to drop the microphone, but I mean, just another minute with extension, permission given from above. Hallelujah. Yes, lift up your voices to the heavens right now. Just ask God, speak to me, Lord. Speak to my life. I don't even need to speak the word of prophecy. The Lord will speak to your heart. Some of you will be hearing words of encouragement from above right now. There's that brother whose head has been kept down. Your head has been kept down for years. The Lord says, I'm lifting your head today. Your head is kept down no more. Yes, receive a lifting in the name of Jesus. Receive a lifting in the name of Jesus. Oh, those of you that the enemy has repressed you, you'll be repressed no more. Oh, my son, just beginning to look up unto the heavens on your own. Ask him to touch every nook and cranny of your life. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Another minute and then I will ride off. Just another minute, just another minute. Listen out for him. He may be saying something to you. Listen out for him. He may be saying something to you. Thank you, Jesus. We worship. We lift up the name of Jesus in this place. Lord, we want to thank you.
Lord just reminded me. He spoke to me in the early hours of the morning through visions. And what he showed me is expansion. And there's a, a key has been delivered to our hand. We might be a little bit fitly with it, but eventually the door was opened. And I believe it does not have just a corporate value alone. It also has an individual interpretation. You are squashed. You are managing a bit of space. But there's a room that is yours. But you didn't know that room is there. And so the Lord had delivered the key to us. Try that door. The door opened. And then I heard you saw a vast room. Receive it right now. And come back and testify. Father, we thank you. We are grateful that we are not lacking in your word. Time to time you speak to us. We return the honor and glory to you. This season of enlargement, let nobody remain small. Let no one remain insignificant. Families, Lord, expand them. Expand them with children. Expand them with grandchildren. Expand them with spouses. Expand them above all, Lord, with souls of men that shall be won and credited to our accounts. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, eternal Father. We give you all the honor and glory. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Somebody shout at me. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.